All right, places, everyone. Places, places, please. Places, please take Just your places. Please cast everybody. to places. Everybody get to places. This place. Maddie, places? Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you, places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Natalie, places. Thank you, places. I Very professional. Good job. Yeah, I, I, I think I've been in places. Yeah, I guess podcasts, you just sort of stay in your chair. Yeah, I've been in this chair for a minute. So so we can just start. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, starting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, starting. I'm Natalie Holt. I'm Maddie Downs. This is Jokes 10 Looks 3. It's a podcast about musicals. And it's our first one. It's the first one. You guys, you found it. The first ever episode. We're so excited because we're. Re- this is a Christmas present from us to the world. You're welcome. You're very welcome. And we're reviewing the only Christmas musical. The only one. Eat it, Bing Crosby. Am I right? Yeah, he can bite me forever because the only musical is the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's just the only one. It's I the only one. If you have found another musical, the live action Grinch, that's mm-hmm. I've never heard of it. No. What are you talking about? Please stop talking to me about movies you made up and musicals you made up. Yeah, it, because the only very Christmas upsetting. musical is the Muppet Christmas Carol. And now that we've handled that. I, it, what is it? What is the Muppet Christmas Carol? I would say it is the Christmas Carol, but with Muppets. And the musical kicks off with our meeting of Ebenezer Scrooge with the classic song Scrooge. Big hit. Big hit. It's incredible. It's one of the best I Am songs ever. It's so good. Uh, It's Michael Caine body double. (laughs) First of all, there's a Michael Caine body double. They're establishing who this character is for the whole movie. And of course, they open with a... An obvious body double because you can see everyone else's face in this street except for Scrooge's because of the magical lighting that masks his face. Yeah. And it's I think it's supposed to, you know, they're saying, oh, this makes him look ominous and spooky. And they're also just we're like Michael Caine can't do this walking in time and tapping with a cane. (laughs) It's some of the greatest walking in rhythm I've ever seen, especially in the second or third verse. It's really remarkable. And as you will see throughout this movie, we don't believe that it could possibly be Michael Caine because his dance ability is limited, minimal to mm-hmm. limited. Yeah, yeah. I would say on the on that scale. <laughs> so we, we, we don't mind that it's a body double, but we also mm-hmm. just want you to know that you're not fooling us, Michael Caine. But it's a, it's a fun song that's peppy. It, you know, introduces the character and everyone's relationship to him. And it's also a great chance to see the population of the Victorian backlot where the Muppets live. <laughs> exactly. And there are three types of creatures in this world. There are, of course, Muppets. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Michael Caine. And there are dancers who are only able to twirl. No one else is in this film. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is historically accurate to Victorian England in this time. That's true. That's there were only populated. felt animals and just weird alien creatures. Michael, Michael Caine, and uh, twirling dancers. Yeah. So uh, if you're a historian, then you know we're right. You know so. that we're correct about this. And uh, that's why they were so dependent on coal is that you could use it to dust off your ballet shoes mm-hmm. like chalk. Yeah. Explains everything. And we learn that coal, big deal, because of course there's, it is a musical, but there's of course much Muppet talk, much Michael Caine talk. Exactly. And he's like, I ball humbug, I don't, I won't pay any money to you for charities. And I won't heat my 
office, even though these many rats and one frog that work for me are very, very cold. The frog in particular being cold-blooded. Yes. Very cold. Very hard for him <laughs> to do anything. Let's just get be real. Scrooge is a slumlord and mm-hmm. a moneylender, and they characterize him perfectly because he's a heartless monster who's ruining everyone's life. Yeah. <laughs> Really no trickle down at no. all because that's not real. Yeah. And, and he's especially not to this. Cold doesn't trickle. It tumbles and it doesn't tumble anywhere with Scrooge paying attention to it. Not at all. And so we meet Freddy, which I would like to talk about for a moment because Freddy is a twirl. Twirl man. Twirly. Twirly. Squirly. Twirl boy. Man. Twirl boy. He really loves to twirl. And in the, in the original story, Freddy, of course, is Scrooge's sister's son his sister has died and so the sight of freddy makes scrooge extra cranky because he's sad about his dead sister as Mm -hmm. one may be but they kind of cut the whole sister thing so there's just this like happy-go-lucky long blonde-haired dude that makes michael Caine very upset twirling around his office and frankly i probably would react the same way if that man came into my office ever i'd be like bah humbug get out (laughs) you don't have to do a full twirl every time you turn to talk to someone i i like a twirl I love a twirl, but uh, Freddie. But and and this actor who plays Freddie, who shall remain nameless, because we're not going to look his name up. We're not going to do it. <laughs> uh, uh, he talks to his uncle Scrooge, and then he turns to leave with a full beautiful twirl, uh, scarf and coat a flying. Kermit, who's maybe four inches to his right, talks to him, and he twirls the other way. His scarf and his coat are at it again, and then he twirls back to his uncle, and then he twirls to leave. And then he just twirls like two extra. He twirls literally six times in about four seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens when you become a musical theater actor before you become an on-camera actor. <laughs> he, he, that's all you got. That's you got the one trick, right? You can't can't cry on command, but I can twirl. Oh, he can twirl and so, twirl away. Twirl he did into and, our hearts, and then we twirl into the next song. One more sleep till Christmas, led by Bob Cratchit, Kermit the Frog. Yeah, and this song. Honestly, kind of a snooze. It's just like we know that it's almost Christmas time. You just told us. This is a Christmas movie, so there are four or five songs about Christmas, maybe. Like, there's there's this a is few. The, this is the one too many songs about Christmas should be the title of this song. Yeah, and there's good there's good visuals in this. The rats launching themselves at windows. Right, they're closing down the shop. And so, of course, Bob Cratchit works with a, a bunch of rats. Uh, who can't reach the blinds, and I guess every single night they fling themselves against the windows. They're really bad at it, is what I'm saying. Uh, and Probably too many hits to the window, you know? Yeah, they, it's true. Depth perception's out, retina's knocked out. This can't. No health insurance, because again, Scrooge, Scrooge is the a classic modern-day employer. Bob so, Cratchit, part of the system. Yeah, middle manager. The guy we're supposed to identify with the most is still kind of part of the system. Mm. Look out for that. Yeah. But the good news is that at the end of this song, they stumble upon the penguins of Victorian England having their annual Victorian <laughs> penguin skate off. And Kermit turns out can shred on the ice. Yep. He can, he can really do it. And that's probably the best part of the song is the mm-hmm. ice skating party. Yeah. Although honestly, at that point I was like, what Bob, Cr- we already like Bob Cratchit. You don't have to make him like a champion ice skater. Yeah. Dickens really, I, and I suppose the screenwriters and, just the story of A Christmas Carol, they really go out of the way to, like, show you how good the Cratchit family is. Yeah. Which <laughs> we will hit on more later. That's true. But we if, meet them. But, yeah. But, yeah. It just gets a little annoying. <laughs> They're just that family that you're like, yeah, of course the Cratchits all have, like, 
made from scratch birthday cakes. Like, oh, of course they do. Like, what's the dark secret? Right, exactly. What's going on in that hovel? He goes home, lights up them lamps, and he sits in front of the fire alone. Oh, yeah. Scrooge does the Victorian equivalent of, like, eating a TV dinner in front of the TV. Yeah. Like, just alone. Just kind of... The glow of the fire on his face, just like the glow of family feud on all of our faces when we eat alone in front of the TV. Yeah. And you almost feel bad for him, but he's just such a butthead that you don't. Yeah. Never feel bad for someone with more money than you. That's, That's true. my role. Yeah. Buy my sympathy. Yeah. My sympathy you want me to feel bad for you? $200 a week. <laughs> Dang it. So he's a, but we see Scrooge going to bed alone, of course. Uh, and then he's awoken by something quite spooky the spookiest and thing we've seen yet anyway which is marley and marley the greatest song of all of christmas time this one's a banger it's such a banger you guys so it's stetler and waldorf Mm -hmm. stetlin sattler sattler yeah sattler and and wayne dune Mm -hmm. uh it's not it's stetler Jacob and Robert Marley. They're Jacob and Robert Marley, who, of course, they took the one character of Marley and split him into two old dead Marleys who roast each other, even though they're already in hell. Like the roasting is happening by the flames of hell. And they're like, no, we got a good one. I got a sick burn to throw on hellfire. And they kind of do. You really, if you're suffering for all eternity, you got to make your own fun. Yeah, gallows humor, I guess. (laughs) So Marley and Marley show up. And have the great, the chains are the percussion for the song. And they kind of have this cool like walking in motion thing like Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons when they sing Walk Like a Man. Very cool. Spooky ghost noises. Very spooky ghost noises. And it's a great song. Scrooge uh, says the classic line. I think there's more of gravy than of grave about you because he's like i have undigested food so naturally i'm hallucinating dead friends of mine visiting me from hell which really begs the question how bad did food get in the victorian era oh yeah just like, like one bad pickle and you like talk to your dead parents for an hour like that seems like you pickled it wrong yeah and also where can i get those pickles hey. <laughs> We're just saying food safety laws just prohibit us all from becoming better people because had he not hallucinated. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could have just been. If that had been pasteurized (laughs) food. It's been a boring movie. So he says that, which they call out as a terrible pun. Appropriately. Appropriately. But we were thinking that maybe like when Charles Dickens wrote, there's more gravy than of grave, which is is in the original text. That might have been like the sickest burn of the year. Like that could be it. Do you think people said it to each other? I hope so. I hope it was Just, like that. That's what she said of gravy <laughs> dinner parties in the Victorian era. More of gravy than of grave about this one. And you, know? you like laugh and then you go to the bathroom and you're like, I know there is more of gravy. Maybe it's a way of like fat shaming <laughs> people. Maybe it's a way of gravy shaming people. Uh, you take too luck. much gravy. I'll put gravy on anything. I put gravy on carrots shamelessly. Mm. You cannot. cannot Can't gravy shame, shame her. Yeah. I cannot be gravy shamed. She will not allow it. And so it's a great song. I would say one of the one of the best songs in the whole musical. Perhaps the best song in the whole musical. It's just fantastic. And it reminds us all that if you're a dick your whole life, you're going to hell. And I don't know (laughs) if I believe in hell anymore. But when someone's a dick to me, I like to believe in hell because I just want to remember that their misdeeds will become their chains, much like mine will. And since I'm Catholic or I was raised Catholic. Everything is my chains. Yeah. <laughs> I and forgot to say excuse me to Natalie when she sneezed. One of my chains. 
Yeah. And you'll never be forgiven. I really like that the chains are made out of like money boxes and ledgers and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you're a filthy, horrible, bourgeois, land-owning, miserly monster, mm-hmm. not that anybody in 2017 would still be perpetuating homelessness land. or <laughs> holding out on the poor. People don't do that anymore because we've evolved a great deal since the Victorian mm-hmm. era. But, you know, if somebody would, I would like to think that maybe there's cosmic punishment for that, especially spooky ass roasting you ghosts in your bedroom. Yeah. Although maybe a little bit of a reward. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. A ghost. Cool roast ghost. That's true. The roast ghost. Also, I must say that I feel like these two may be our spiritual equivalents in the Muppet world. Oh, yeah. I I believe in it. I think that I think that's pretty, pretty accurate. I I would be so happy if that was us in, you know, 50 years when we're both old and Muppets. Old and in hell (laughs) as Muppets for being buttholes in our day to day life will haunt you. And we're going to roast you and shake chains in your face. So we'll do it. enjoy that. So then, of course, they say the first ghost is going to come the stroke of one mm-hmm. in the morning. Ghosts are, of course, on graveyard shift. So tip your ghost extra because it's hard. It's a hard schedule to keep up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go change and then they're gone. So then we sit there with Scrooge and we wait and you're like, oh, my gosh, what Muppet is going to be the ghost of Christmas past? What Muppet could they pick for the yeah. first ghost that we meet? So exciting. And this brings us to an edition of Understudy, where we recast someone who was terribly cast in the movie in the first place. And in this case, the somebody is a computer-generated floating baby. Glowing baby doll. Not a Muppet. No, no. felt anywhere. Tiny, creepy little baby doll. We, just, we don't need her. We don't, we don't need, need her. her. She doesn't need to be here. She's not a real Muppet. She doesn't even go here. To borrow from. Get out of here, baby. Get out, baby. Go away. So Crawl gonna, into the Victorian England. Yeah. Float back into whatever weird ginger glowing angel factory you came from. She also has red hair, which comes up later because another ghost also has red hair. And it seems like a bias at this point. So who is better? Who should we recast? Oh, yeah. So originally they were going to cast Muppets as all of these roles. Uh, all the ghosts. All the ghosts. Yeah. And uh, they ended up using different characters who aren't traditionally in the Muppets so the options were Robin the Frog or Scooter they thought of Scooter eh. Scooter plays the stage manager on the Muppet show for those of you who don't memorize it as closely as you obviously should and as we all know stage managers not good ghosts very present solid people really on time not very mysterious. They would have no patience for Scrooge's BS too organized yeah no humbuggery so Scooter's obviously not the right choice, but I think Robin the Frog would have been delightful. I love that teeny little frog. Robin the he would have been very much the childlike, very sweet, although might have been nudging in on that Tiny Tim exactly. territory, which I Yet think another is why reason he didn't make it. Why Tiny Tim? Just ugh, Can, fine. You're fine, Tiny Tim. I guess. Yeah. Wait, Tiny Tim's okay. We'll get to you. So anyway, we're not sure who, but just that tiny baby, big miscast. Certainly not. Honestly, could have just been a smaller Michael Caine, and it would have been better. <laughs> I, yeah, miniature Michael Caine. There I'm we in. go. Problem solved. So she takes him through to his uh, schoolyard days where, again, we learn that he's really sad. His teacher is uh, Sam Eagle, symbol of American capitalism in Britain. He literally says, this is America. And then Gonzo, Charles Dickens, has to remind him that uh, it's Britain that they're in. Uh, but he's a pro. He's, he's fine a pro. with it. He teaches him to be a good good capitalist you literally hear him say remember don't tip the driver 
because capitalists don't tip. Don't do it. He, he passes miserly ways on to him. And then we see Scrooge later in life. We see young Scrooge, who is a certified hottie. Certified, like, Heath Ledger status, you guys. Heath, Heath Ledger in his prime, obviously. He's not another ghost. That would be weird. And hottie McYoung Scrooge has the greatest job because he works for Fozzie Wig, who is Fozzie the Bear, this Fezzy Wig. He works at Fozzie Wig's Rubber Chicken Factory. Rubber Chicken Factory. <laughs> it's perfect. I, it's the best writing. It's it's so good. Did it's, they get an Oscar for this screenplay? They should have. Best adapted screenplay of absolutely. all time. Also, it begs the question because the character, of course, in the original story is Fezzy Wig, which is not a name. So it feels <laughs> like Charles Dickens maybe knew that Fozzie would be playing this role. Yeah. In uh, in the future Christmas Carol, and of course he's brilliant and wonderful, and he throws a nuts Christmas party every year. Mm-hmm. And Scrooge has to come in and be like, "I think this party's too expensive." Like your roommate, who's like, "Our neighbors are gonna like call the cops," and you got to be like, "Shut up mm-hmm. and go meet some hot people that you want to bang." Stop trying to and Fozzie does that for Scrooge. He introduces him to a hot young lady that he wants to bang. She's got a bonnet. She's got curly bangs and curly sideburns. The Victorian bikini, I, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and her name is, of course, Belle because she's a beautiful woman in a '90s movie, and they're all named Belle because Belle means pretty. Yeah. And in the '90s, that's the best we could hope for in terms of characterization. We didn't. Okay, we didn't have a lot of options in the '90s. I don't know if you remember this, Maddie, but the internet wasn't around that no. you just had baby name books how are That's we all to you know had? that women were more complex than that without tumblr which i think taught us all oh it taught us a lot about overthrowing the patriarchy and so they meet and then we go forward a little more to a few christmases later when bell is like hey scrooge uh what's happening you gonna lock this down yeah. or what we've been engaged forever every time i say let's put a deposit on a place you insist on buying a new xbox game maybe i'm making this too personal he just won't commit yeah he won't he won't commit he doesn't think he has enough money he always he's focused on business and so then comes a song that we discovered was actually cut from the theatrical cut release from the theatrical release natalie and i grew up on the VHS versions of this wonderful story, which thankfully was not edited by people with their heads up their asses because they cut When Love Is Gone, which is, of course, the classic breakup song uh, where Belle explains that their love is gone. And you see Michael Caine start to cry. It's the first time we hear Scrooge sing as if he remembers hearing her break up with him all those years ago. The words stuck with him, and he really, like, internalized it and didn't think... What did I do to cause this? He just thought this is a thing that hurt and I'm going to be sad about it forever because that's the type of guy Scrooge is. Yeah, he's the kind that a woman doesn't say bless you when he sneezes and then he takes it out on the next woman he dates for like three years. He mm-hmm. just seems like a rough go. Yeah. And this song, it's it's a nice song. It's, it's beautiful. Pretty. And I remember watching this song when I was seven years old and weeping in my television room. Not that that wasn't a common occurrence. Yeah. But they cut it because they thought that kids wouldn't be into it. These two kids were into it. So deeply into it. I was very much. It's a pretty song. It's a nice song. It's about love. Do you think kids don't think about love? We do. Yeah, we do. Obsessively, some of us. And there's a beautiful line that I think everyone should use for their breakups, which is, I wish you well, but I must leave you now alone. Classy. I wish you well. 
you got to go. It's important to be alone sometimes. Yeah. And they cut it. Not only did they cut it, but then they reprise it later in the movie, which deprives it of the irony of the reprisal later, as you'll see. Because when they reprise it, it's switched around. He's found out how to love. This song's about how he can't love. The other song's about you find love, Finding you can love. do it. And so it's just kind of it was kind of just a bonehead move the whole time. Uh, I will say Brian Henson objected to them cutting the song. Right. So shout out to Brian Henson. Brian Henson. Someone is steering the ship, thankfully. Uh, but again, studio executives ruin all the good Muppet movies. They do. They do. Evil suits. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's the end of that tiny going baby. Thankfully, yeah, she that going baby. She she, she drops him off, but luckily, the ghost of Christmas present shows up, ho ho hoing all the way. He is not Santa. I want to make this clear. He looks just like Santa, but he has red hair. But it's not Santa. No, but and he and he's giant. He changes shape and size. He's very cheerful, super cheerful. In the original plan for this movie, it was going to be Miss Piggy cast as the ghost of christmas present i feel like we upgraded with this jolly fellow i do think so but if you know miss piggy you know that she's not exactly the type of person who will gently remind you of like the thing like yeah. scrooge is a fragile male he needs like a tender he needs male. another man to yeah. go in and help him out which is another reminder men that if you know someone who's messed up don't wait for a woman to get in there you go in you be the jolly fellow yeah to teach him how to feel things and that it's okay to cry and that wherever you find love it feels like christmas which is the song it feels like christmas which is his big old song where we learn a few things uh it truly proves our theory that there are only muppets michael kane and twirling dancers because for oh, a second twirling. you see these people milling around the town square and you're like there are actors in this movie and then they all lock eyes smile like they've just hit a bong and spin like mm. they've got stuff to dry they just spin around a fountain and that's all their choreography Choreo <laughs> choreography very spin based very spin based in this film <laughs> very twirly it uh, feels like Christmas. It's a it's a fun song. It's very it's lovely. It's very nice. I think if you are a person who feels sentimental about Christmas, this especially strikes a chord. Yeah, I because, cried. Yeah, it's very it's a sweet song. It's about it's it's nostalgic. It's, it's one of those very nostalgic. Yeah, it's that type of Christmas song. And in that regard, I would say probably the best Christmas song in the movie absolutely also they kick a verse over to the mouse family that lives in the wall and they are so cute that i cry just at the sight of them and the sound of their voices and i really appreciate that they gave the the mice a chance to speak for themselves it's it's <laughs> it's so precious that it makes me want to die it's truly wonderful uh we also learn as we mentioned before with the michael kane body double that there's no way that michael kane's acting abilities and dancing abilities are the same mm -mm. level of abilities. Fine actor, fine, amazing, amazing actor. actor, pretty good singer. And I, uh, he, his, I don't know if he, he's knows his body is there below his neck. I don't maybe. think so. And maybe he, that's the lesson is that like unhappy people, they're not that connected. And so mm -hmm. maybe he was really, he'd never danced before, but who boy had he never danced before. Uh, Michael Caine does this arm dancing that I would describe as uh, you when like you're dancing with your dad or he's try kind of trying to like 
like just throwing you like a little bone like i'm gonna dance a little like i'm kind of groovy or something it's yeah very it's like if you if you had those that long stick with the milk buckets on your shoulder you could still totally accomplish this dance it's the same yeah it's a shoulder motion just you'll see the christmas the ghost of christmas present shows them how to do it imagine your shoulder blades are seesaws right you just kind of rock back and forth. You can. It's yeah. kind of just like being a man about town yeah. or a lumberjack. Yeah, you can do it right now. Crook your elbows 90 degrees, then lift your arms up to your shoulders, right? And then just back and forth, yeah. back and forth. It's, and now you're doing it. You're doing you're, the Michael Caine Now you're dance. feeling Christmas. You are. And it feels like Christmas, doesn't it, it when you're doing that? It does. Now, uh, you know, apologize to the people around you. It's just a really touching moment where we see that even oppressive old white British men can get their groove on. A they can little. have a little bit of a groove. And it turns out there's like a inverse relationship. The more oppressive and white you are, the worse mm-hmm. of a dancer you clearly are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I think we've seen throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, so we continue on. And in the in the Christmas present, we really learn a lot about the Cratchit family. So the ghost of Christmas present takes Scrooge to the Cratchit's home. And... Uh, and, and we see, you know, Kermit walking in as he is Bob Cratchit with his little tiny Tim frog boy on his shoulders. Tiny Tim frog boy. And, and we see them walking up, singing their little Christmas scat, which is a weird father-son activity, but mm-hmm. TV hadn't been invented yet. So sure. And this this is they're walking in on the rest of their family who has been cooking Christmas dinner and preparing for things. And turns out that Bob Cratchit like really favors tiny Tim. yeah he has a lot of children and only one of them gets to go to church i guess we also i guess if he's the one who's about to die you want to get him good and christened but still the other kids could have helped out might have had fun hey they could die at any moment too yeah. baby it's victorian times it's victorian times <laughs> they could be sold for their hair i think yeah. uh we also learn a, a classic muppet fact biology biology and that is of course that pigs are girls and frogs are boys because all the pigs are girls and all the frogs are boys. All the right. little kids. It's true. Miss Piggy is, of course, uh, Mrs. Cratchit. And in this in this scene, she's rather mild-mannered, pretty excited. She does keep eating the turkey because Miss Piggy's a feminist icon and she eats when she's hungry. Yeah. And uh, she's also a pig. She's a pig. So she, she just eats. She's hungry a lot. <laughs> and her twin pig daughter's resent that and they harumph around a lot but that's just because miss piggy's harumph is one of the best noises so they have to harumph a lot and we 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 get to this other song bless us all and it's like i guess i guess us all uh it's just tiny tim is so cloying so annoying he's he's he sings a song he they're about to have dinner and of course tiny tim is like but I would like to sing a blessing for us all. And I have to, or else I might die. It's not that he's wrong. It's just that, am I not allowed to have a bad day yeah, in you front don't of have, you? You don't have to just be grateful all the time. You can be. You can get mad, Tiny Tim. You can be a jerk. You yeah. don't have to be this perfect little victim with your crutch. Yeah, life is short, especially yours. Like, go for it, dude. And so goes to Christmas present. He's aging the entire time. Hair's getting white because he is only lives one day. He's, he's a ghost of Christmas one present. Christmas. Kind of looks like Santa now. Again, he is not Santa. But he does for sure with look like Santa white with the white hair. And the ho-ho-hoing 
mm-hmm. there might be some copyright infringement yeah with charles dickens and the people who invented santa uh and so he 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 dies which, in quotes which because he becomes sparkles yeah and he turns into sparkles away. and floats off which is how i think i would like to die yeah uh and so Scrooge <laughs> that's how we all want to go baby yeah <laughs> Uh, so Scrooge is left alone, waiting on the ghost of Christmas future. Yeah. He's, he's left in a graveyard, by the way. Yeah. The ghost of Christmas present. Ghosts don't leave you in good places. Sadly. Sadly, yeah. Honestly, an improvement. So the ghost of Christmas future. There's not much to say about this segment, except that it just takes us through this like seedy underbelly of the Muppet world that... You see, like a big, sp- there's a big spider muppet, spider and like muppets without eyes that like ro- grave rob people. Yeah, it's just very, very spook, very spooky, uh, like grim future. We go see the Cratchits again, and they're all crying and sad. It's Tiny Tim is dead, of course. Yeah, and which is like a huge bummer, by the way, to see Miss Piggy. Yeah, she cries. sad about her dead kid. I don't want to see that. We see Kermit coming back from church like he did the year before alone. He still won't take any of his other kids to church. No. He's like the one I like to go to church with died, so I go to church alone now. Maybe they're being raised in whatever Miss Piggy's faith is. Yeah, maybe they're like <laughs> maybe the he Unitarians got the one. <laughs> and, and one Christian. <laughs> And so, you know, of course, Scrooge is brokenhearted because he can't believe that this little frog boy died and that he also died and people didn't care. They robbed him. Grave robbed it, him. A bunch which, of pigs only came to his funeral for the free lunch, which again, they're pigs. What do you want? Yeah. And also, uh, this is another part where I just like to say, do this to rich people for real, though. Yeah. If they die, rob them. Rob them. Go to a funeral. Which get is a what I lunch. call reinstating 100% estate tax. When you're dead, none of your stuff belongs to you. You, you know just, why? Because you're dead. It's a free-for-all. Get robbed. Your kids don't need to have more money to buy more cocaine and more apartments in Brooklyn. No more rich kids. 100% yeah. estate tax. Mm-hmm. This podcast isn't intended to be socialist, but the themes of A Christmas Carol do lend to discussions of capitalism it is hard to the dangers of it right and how it's isolating and how being a wealthy person makes you feel suspicious of the poor it cuts you off from your community and everyone would be better off if there were no billionaires or rich muppets yeah which i don't think there are any rich muppets in this film weren't those those pigs had top hats on oh yeah they can't then that's got nothing they gotta be yeah that's (laughs) <laughs> at least middle if class. If you have a top hat, middle class, you're balling. Yeah, <laughs> that's Victorian balling because they used to use top hats as the buckets for basketball. So it was how you would ball at the time. <laughs> but Scrooge, then he wakes up in his own bed, and, and he's so excited. Oh my god, it's Christmas morning! He didn't. They did it all in one night, and he, he knows because he it. asked that little bunny that he yelled at previously. There's a lot of repeating of characters. You meet a lot of people. That you saw him be mean to before, but then he's nice to them. Yeah, he gets to see, he goes and visits Freddie because he's singing the song about his thankful heart. That's right. He busts out, this is a Scrooge's big number. It's really, really lovely. He sings about how thankful he is. He does a lot more arm dancing. So much more <laughs> arm dancing, which gives me a thankful heart. It, it is. It's, it's very charming to watch Michael Caine slightly dance teeter totter around a bunch of muppets and he teetered and totters through freddy's house and he gives him a gift and they're so speechless they don't say anything which i think is because they couldn't work any extra dialogue into the song (laughs) so he jumps in and out there and then he goes to be nice to kermit but he can't 
It's like when a guy likes you and negs you, he like can't oh. just be nice about it. Yeah. Yeah. He has everyone hide and he knocks on the door and then Kermit opens it and he says, why won't you at work this morning? And then Kermit's like, but you gave me the day off, sir. I, is that some, that's something I would do? But you did do it, sir. And then Miss Piggy busts out. And he goes, well, first Scrooge is like, I have no choice but to raise your salary. And then Miss Piggy, overhearing and misreading the tone mm-hmm. and the context, comes oh. out and goes, and I'm going to raise you right off the pavement. <laughs> and Miss Piggy is back in her full form. She's no oh. longer weeping about dead baby frogs. It's beautiful to she's see. Here to, she's not here to, she wants no man's BS. She has purple satin gloves on, by the way, under her Victorian costume. And so she threatens to punch him with her satin fist. <laughs> and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. She's a... We could all learn a lot from Miss Piggy's not taking any BS. And so everything, Scrooge, yay, he's fixed. Now he comes into their house. He brings in a giant uncooked turkey, which frankly, if you're showing up to someone's house on Christmas morning and you want to make their day, don't give them eight hours of poultry to cook. Cook the turkey. Mm-hmm. Then bring it over or bring Sammy's. Do but, something else. But he's new. He's new he's to being new. nice. He's new at being and, good. You know, now Scrooge has learned that he can all make people like him with his money, yeah. which is a different form of power that he Wields. exploits for the rest of his life. That's true. But making it, him nice, though. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to be rich, at least we all know that you're rich. Don't be like, I can't give you anything. It's like, we know you can. Just buy I us all you. big turkeys. Oh. Rolling in them big turkeys. Elon Musk bought me a big turkey, I would reconsider my No More Billionaires platform. (laughs) I really like turkey. It's it's not bad. And then a reprise called When Love Is Found of the song they cut, When Love Is Gone, which as we discussed earlier, why'd you cut it and why did you reprise it? Especially when it wraps up the entire movie. So the original lyrics from the Bell song that they cut was uh, When Love Is Gone, When Love Is Gone, the sweetest dream that we have ever known. When love is gone, when love is gone, I wish you well, but I must leave you now alone. They switch it to the love we found, the love we found, we carry with us so we're never quite alone. The love we found, the love we found, the sweetest dream that we have ever known. Beautiful. Nonsense if you've never heard it before. Yeah. Like it's nice. It's a nice thing to hear, but it's not like. It's 20 seconds of just kind of random music. Right. (laughs) It's not like what it should have been, which is the heartbreak that fills him up is then replaced with love. Yeah. In this new, same way. Also, Martina McBride sings The Love Is Gone as the credit song, and it was still the credit song at the end of the movie. So it's just like, they what really didn't think it through when they cut that song. No, no. I we, we strongly disagree with that. And that's it. That's the movie. That's the musical. It's full. It's one of the most wonderful musicals of all time. We criticize it because we care. We do. And... Now, what we're sure is to become a classic Jokes 10 Looks 3 segment. Absolutely. We are going to talk about our favorite song from the musical. Uh, The only rule is it can't be the same song. So obviously, in this instance, were we to choose, it would be Marley Marley and Marley. Marley. Obviously, but we are serious about this. It can't be the same song business. So Marley and Marley is transcendent, but Mm. also off the table. It transcends the table. It's off the table. It's, yeah, floating off of it. Covered in chains. So we call this segment Standout Number, and we each defend our favorite number from the musical, and you get one minute to do it. And we had a very official coin toss, so uh, Miss Natalie Holt will be going first, and your time starts now. 
Okay, so my favorite song for the musical that isn't Marley Marley is Scrooge, which is the opening number. I love it. You see the entire socioeconomic stratus of the Muppets go through the whole society. I love any musical where you kind of wander through and you get a real good like framework of who the people are. It sets up Scrooge's character, his relationship to the world. Got that great in time walking from that Michael Caine body double who is a tall drink of water, if I may say so, filling out that three-piece Victorian suit nicely. Um, and it's just, it's a good song to start off. I think that's one of the most important uh, aspects of a musical is really getting the audience in and right into the world, getting the exposition done. And it does that very handily with singing vegetables and fozzy voices and uh, claws Maddie's making claws at me. They're singing cats. Oh, and they're singing cats. Yeah. And time. I gave you a little extra time because I interrupted about the cats. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so now it is my turn to talk about uh, my favorite song. And uh, my time starts now. Okay. My favorite song. And I pick this because, not because it's the coolest song or the most catchy song but because I cry every time I hear it and so clearly my soul has picked it as my favorite song but it is uh, it feels like Christmas which is the ghost of Christmas presence number and he takes Michael Caine through London and he's so jolly and happy and it's the first time we see Michael Caine really come around and he does this fabulously horrifying arm dancing and the best part I'm gonna spend my whole half of it defending this is that they shrink down and they go hang out with the mouse family in the wall and they are so cute and so thankful for their little mittens and they're eating a little piece of cheese together and the littlest mouse bounces and they're so cute that I just start crying all over again uh, and of course we see all those you know idiot actors uh, lock eyes and spin around the fountain over and over and over again so and time. Up. yep so I like how you started your time and called your own time Thank you. It uh, was uh, very efficient. Thank you. Uh, I am in charge here, and I want everyone to know. So those are our favorite songs, and I think now it's just time to give this movie its final rating. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's a great musical. I've got to say, of all the musicals I've seen, this one has the most Muppets. Absolutely. Uh, and... There is, it's a shame they cut that song. I did see it with the song intact, so it's hard. How do I incorporate that? Uh, I got to say, it's, you know, eight out of 10, just big fat Christmas turkeys, the ones as big as you are. Absolutely. That's a great rating. Yeah, I, you know, I've got a lot of criticisms that I feel like I levied during our podcast, but I, I give this one six out of six Juilliard grads that are excited about being in a movie with Michael Caine, but just end up. Spinning around a fountain all day. Six out of six. And hey, that's a that's the that's the whole podcast. What do you want that's from us? That's it. That's it. Uh yeah. Do you want more? Yeah. What do you if you want more, please comment on on our on our page. Go ahead like and send us some money comment. to our PayPal and we will talk about whatever you want. Oh yeah. Reason we're pretty stubborn, so good luck. Yeah. Send us money. Don't ask a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh that's what we learned from this movie. Have a Merry Christmas. And look and uh, subscribe so you can hear all our thoughts on musicals that sadly have less felt creatures as the stars. But they make up for it in other ways. Mm -hmm. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, bye. Bye.